Her name is synonymous with authenticity, warmth, kindness, genuine heart, and all-around uplifting attitude. On this exciting episode, I welcome the delightful and spirited Fabula Coupet, also known among familiar circles as just Bibi for short. For the past few years, Bibi has been known as the entertaining voice and incredible host of the Bibi Natalcole Afternoon Drive radio show on Haiti's highly rated Radio 1 90.1 FM. She's definitely a fresh and enlightening personality, filled with a good sense of humor and thoughtful wisdom, something that only a rather singular outlook on life can bring. Her Instagram feed is indeed a regular dose of pep that one is happy to get every day. I was honored to have her on, even though she and I had not formally met up until this very recording. So without further ado, please join me as I write this wrong and welcome the incredible Fabula Coupette, a.k.a. Bibi Natal Collet, to the show. Awaken the Awesome, episode 50. Here we go. Where am I? You're, I'm happy you're safe. Um, avec la dernière événement. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it wasn't it wasn't the most fun thing, and the biggest thing for me is the fact that, as always, when these situations of turmoil do happen, I don't want to just like you know make this entire conversation about something that you know probably not the platform, but uh, on a human aspect, I'm happy that you know that you know you're safe and you know the people that we know, the people that we love. It was more of a scare. It was a, it was very traumatic, obviously, on a lot of places, mm-hmm. but it's unfortunate that you know it's part of our culture is part of something we grew up with and at a certain point no matter how many times it happens it's still something that you know what it's something we're used to you know and i just wanted to know like how are you doing right now are you okay are you guys okay is your family okay um, yes uh, my family is okay i feel um very lucky that we're all just fine um and that we made it home i think that um for everyone living in the capital, in Port-au-Prince and the metropolitan area in general. If you were not at a barricade, you kind of lived through definitely a traumatic experience. Um, but like you said, you know, um, I don't want to say this is Haiti, but we find a way to bounce back because anyway, we really can't afford to sit still. It's kind of like um, the bottom line. You know, uh, some okay. private businesses talked about um, protesting and shutting their doors for, um, you know, it, it wasn't a clear period of time. But, you know, within one or two days, you know, everybody's got bills to pay. We, we, we already just took a big blow. We can't really afford to continue or stay passive, economically speaking. Let's put it that way. Uh, I, myself, within the three to four days of turmoil, lost three gigs. You know? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a bit of a heartbreaker. But, you know, you live and you learn, and you got to keep going. Do you think that's part of our heritage in terms of our generation, right? Because, again, for us, it's sad to say, but it's nothing new. I, myself, mm-hmm. left Port-au-Prince in uh, 2001, but it's, these are still, like, you know, uh, situations of civil unrest is nothing that's you know you know uh, that's foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as of late, obviously. You still come back, you know. You still have that detachment that you know being abroad allows you, but you still go back home and you're like, you know, well, yeah, it's still homeland. But do you think it's part of our legacy in terms of how it shapes us as, in, as individuals? Once you leave the homeland and you go outside, and certain things happen to certain people in certain in other sectors and in other societies and other milieus, and you're like, dude, get over it, man. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's like, okay. Because again, like, it's, it's funny one time. 
Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. No. So, so say that again. Do I think it's part of our yeah, culture? Yeah, the fact that you, the fact that we went through this, and as mm-hmm. traumatic as Many it is, times. but mm-hmm. when you live through that, when you live through that, you can actually walk away from it stronger, more, you know, more ap- psychologically speaking, yeah. you're a lot more resilient than most people. Uh, I don't know if that's the word. You know, uh, you hear a lot about Haitians' resilience. Um, in the mainstream media, in the American media, like, you know, just in general. You know what, though? It's kind of like we don't really have a choice. (laughs) Like I said a while ago, it's like we've got to keep going. Sure, we're resilient, you know. I guess you could see it as some type of quality to bounce back. But we're already um, in a very difficult economic situation. You know, so if for the mo- for most people in Haiti, so there's no time to like eh, sit and complain. Sure, there's I'm sure there's tons of people who do that, eh, but there's tons of people who also have things to do and bills to pay and responsibilities and kids that have to go to school. Eh, yeah, you can't help it. Life goes on. As That's sickening it. as it is as to say, crazy as it is, yeah, you have to actually admit to yourself that you know what life goes on. Yeah. Crazy. And um, to think of, to speak of kind of um, our heritage, you know, as um, this chaos being part of our heritage, for sure. I think it is um, literally inheritance from a colonial slavery. I mean, we just have some things that we're not over. I wouldn't take um, any position like I'm a, some type of sociologist, but I've lived here my whole life. I'm 38. I I don't know anything different. I don't know if we know how to do it differently. Uh, And we've just been repeating very similar patterns since our independence. Simply. You think so? Yeah. I mean, tell me differently. That's true. It's true. Because as you used to hear the stories of our parents... And you're just like, oh, that was probably a different time. And you realize, if you analyze it and take an objective step back, you realize that it's the same patterns of the same circumstances, different times, different people in different positions, yeah. but it's the same script repeating itself. Basically. And you know, that they part is a little bit surprising. It's, they, it's not that surprising. <laughs> they say history repeats itself. Like, Haiti is a textbook case. You know, um, for me... I mean, I don't see how it could be more textbook. It's, I always compare Haiti to a teenager, you know? Um, we, we, <laughs> That's a good it's one. True. It, it's like we're, it's only been 200 years mm-hmm. since, if you think about it, it's like as a young child, we emancipated ourselves. Like, let's say we went to court and became official adults and they said, okay, go ahead. You want to be an adult? Be an adult. Uh, but perhaps we weren't really ready um, to be an adult. We were a colony of slaves um, and workers, and we pushed out. Um, I mean, it's not like we shouldn't have, but maybe we weren't ready to take the reins is what I mean. Uh, in my mind, it's not maybe. I mean, clearly. So I think that key leadership also uh, disappearing, like Toussaint Louverture, was a big deal. And it was a big blow uh, for what came afterwards. It was a, a big factor in what came afterwards. But in 2018, you know, uh, people are still talking about Kupitet Bulikai. In, 
it's not a the good thing, by the way. <laughs> you know, it's the really same not. Thing. It's, it's not same a good thing. thing if you're still if you're still transmit. And this is something. This is a conversation I had uh, with my wife not too long ago, basically. And she was just like, "We're just like, you know, just as you always do." Because again, when you're when you're abroad and you're just, you know, just, just paying attention to everything. Because, again, my parents are still back home. My sister's still back home. So you talk. Mm-hmm. But, again, you're still detached. There's some things that you just don't live and you just don't know. But one thing is for sure is that, you know what, the, like, turmoil and um, all, all these periods of civil unrest are translation of ignorance and yes. transmitted mindset. Because these things, the same way you teach your kids how to make their bed, the same way you teach your kids how to get up in the morning, the same way you teach your kids to brush their teeth, it's the same way you teach a society how to, you know, conduct themselves, you know, perpetually from generation to generation to generation. And his, it has not improved. It's at, it has only sustained itself in that same mindset. It's my own detached observation, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're there. So I'm not sure if I'm wrong or this is just like I'm just shooting the breeze here or. No, I think that there are so many different answers <laughs> and so many different. It's not an easy question, obviously. You know? obviously. It, it really isn't. I think I'm just recognizing you now. And I think I know whose brother you are. <laughs> really? Isn't that Haiti right there? Yeah. Because <laughs> you look like your sister, actually. Right. Look, I look like my sister. Your sister just had a baby. Get, oh, a lot of people tell me. A lot of people tell me I look like my mom. It's like looking my like my sister. That's like I, I don't get that a lot. But yeah, okay. Yeah, my sister, sister gets around. My sister's name gets around. My sister just had a baby. Yeah. Yes. All right. I know just exactly had a baby. Who that is. I know exactly. It's who my that calling is. card. It's been my calling <laughs> card ever since I was like you know a wee a wee ty- little tyke. But every single time, it's like, aren't you? So, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm her brother. I was yeah, in I'm class with like, you. Sister. Okay. For real? <laughs> yeah. The, the world is so small. Haiti is yeah, such a Haiti small is Everybody even knows smaller. everybody, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it everybody knows everybody. It's crazy. But hey, see? It's just like, you know, see? everybody is connected. It's, it's amazing. That's for sure. It's amazing. I have no doubt in that's my mind cool. that everybody and everything is connected. Everything it's been is my connected. experience of things anyway. Something you said uh, in um, in the interview I was listening earlier today. It was like I said, it was a great interview, um, and so that really resonated with me. I'm no, you guys like you know were just like so raw and so pure, and you know, it's a genuine emotion that was shared. It's something like you know, I took my lunch break and I sat down and I listened to it. It was a really, really, really great conversation. I'll definitely link to it in the in the blog post of this episode. But awesome. uh, one thing you. you said that really resonated with me was about writing your own story. In terms of, you know, you definitely said about something about, you know what, I'm holding the pen to the story that is my life. And no matter whether it's a good story or a bad one, I'm holding the pen. And that's something that's truly powerful because you guys were changing, exchanging back and forth. And the host basically talked about some people don't have the luck because she mentioned about luck. And you interjected Mm -hmm. saying something about courage. And I really wanted to, for you to extrapolate on that in terms of the bravery it takes to live your own self. How does yeah. that resonate with you? Um, you know, I think a little bit of luck may be involved, and, but it definitely takes a little bit of courage. So maybe in terms of personality traits, you got to be a little bit lucky to get a little bit of courage, uh, maybe a little bit more. Not that courage isn't something that you can't, um, cultivate or build on you know you you can become braver 
uh, if you want to, it's not easy. And the only way is to just kind of face your fears. Um, so for me, what we were talking about, um, and remind me what that was. <laughs> no, basically, because no, it opened up about you guys just in changing style. How would you describe yourself and everything? But you just went straight yeah. at it into the raw of just telling yourself, like, you know, so I've always been somebody. Story. That's what we were talking about. Definitely. Yeah. I think definitely. that even though I've always been very conflicted about um, writing my own story, the reason I, I talked about luck is... It, it was a little bit greater than me. There was this strength inside of me that just made me that way. And I tortured myself for a very long time. Even though I couldn't help but to um, be who I was, I was very hard on myself in terms of, um, you know, criticizing myself or being worried about how those choices would be interpreted by others, even though I didn't really feel like I could resist making them it just was who I am who I was okay. or who I am I guess and I guess today it's there's just a freedom of knowing that I was right all along and that I should have kind of taken the reins a long time ago and felt very comfortable it, it, I, I tortured myself for much longer than I needed to. And at the same time, mm -hmm. I was doing it anyway. I was just kind of making myself miserable. Like, how can you think this? How are you going to be able to, like, um, have friends? Because friends are not going to get these things, you know? I think you got to take your life and day at a time something. and know that your truth is for you. And there's so many unique experiences. Like, everybody's experience is ultra unique. Um, and I said that in the podcast. It, it's really what what the common ground is between everyone it's that we're all having this ultra unique experience which is why you need tolerance and empathy and understanding because how can anybody ever really get what it is to be so and so it's about acceptance um that's definitely something that I went through myself. And again, I hear you talk about empathy. I mean, you talk about tolerance because it's about acknowledging the fact that, yes, we're different and that's okay. And yes. therein comes the struggle of recognizing our uniqueness and mm -hmm. the importance of, you know, empowering and acknowledging each other as present as human beings and the fact that we're sharing this space and it's important to just, you know, celebrate each other for our individual selves. And that's something that I found really, truly powerful for you to just like, express that. Is that something you struggled yeah. with? Is it something that you came into sure. over the years? Because sure. mm, okay. I mean, like I said, I feel like um, I did it anyway and I was who I was anyway. But it felt like a prison because I didn't necessarily feel like um, I found other people who were maybe just the way that I was. So it felt a little bit lonely, but at some point also, I just, I think maybe I was afraid and wasn't really connecting with people on a deeper level. I may have been very relaxed and connecting with people um, at the surface, but as soon as I started just really opening myself up and just being me to as many people as I could be, that's when you kind of, encounter those other unique souls you know that 
You're like, oh my god, you gotta walk with me. Like we understand each other. <laughs> like, can we walk together? Because it's a mess out here. Like, stick by me, please. You know. Um, uh, what and you're saying is, and I've met so many randomly different people. You know, that I'm that's good so with. true. That is so true. And you know what? I'm definitely gonna piggyback on that because what you said is actually something I read and I heard. Uh, first of all, I heard it in a podcast, but I had re- I had read it uh, a couple of weeks ago in a in a book, and it, it's all about the concept of uh, you know the quote unquote the next level, and depending whatever that is for you, what is financial, career, emotional, spiritual, whatever, exceeding to the next level. So five stages. Follow me on this one. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm trying to just like simplify it. Mm-hmm. So first step, there is uh, there's going to be friction. So maybe you've changed. Yeah. Second step is going to be separation have you seen bb i haven't seen her in a while mm-hmm. and then the next step is going to be isolation no i don't have I, I don't hang out with bb anymore she's just like you know i, I don't just like you know sh- she thinks she's all that you know <laughs> and then there's going to be integration you're definitely going to start connecting and meeting because you've been doing your own thing and you've been doing you know you're gravitating a different type of energy so the same type of people what's called you know what seth golden calls your tribe will recognize yes. you okay it's like, hey, what's up, BB? It's like, and everything. And then there's elevations. Like, BB, I've been hearing you doing great things. Come and join my tribe. Definitely, you and I should hang out. That's definitely what you said. So it's definitely, yeah. you're not just spitting that out into the universe. That is very true. That is an actual fact. That is the entire concept of, you know, just gravitating away from an environment that might not be, you know, proper for you. And that's okay. Yeah. And how do yeah. you deal with toxic people? Because you're such a positive person, you just put out so much positivity and worth. So I'm sure that you've got your fair share of po- of you know toxicity going around. Sure, I mean, I think everybody deals with toxic people, and I think even as amazing as we all are, we probably have our toxic moments, right? Where you kind of are toxic to someone else. Um, oh, def- definitely, definitely. Day. Ask my wife. Um, that's <laughs> exactly right. Ask my husband <laughs> for sure. Um, so. I think it's a question of either to choosing to stick it out and, you know, depending on your connection with that person, right? So it, it depends on whether if this is somebody, if it's somebody you don't know that it's just kind of um, coming into your space and bringing this toxicity, you know, hey, you just got to walk away. I mean, personally, I'm not going to get involved um, deeply into something like that, that I really, you know, you're just coming into my space. However, if you're in my space and something occurs that perhaps you do become toxic, I do want to believe that I want to have some patience with you. Um, I want to give you a chance. Nobody's perfect, right? We're all toxic at some point. We all have um, shitty days, if I can use the word. I'm allowed, right? <laughs> sure, it's a safe space. It's a safe space. Don't you worry know, about it. Uh, we all have bad days where we're not at our best. And what a breath of fresh air when you're having a day like that, that somebody you know or somebody who loves you or somebody um, who knows you for who you are knows that that's not really you, you know? So if Mm -hmm. I don't know you and you're just purely toxic and you're coming my way, I'm going to do a a, a very um, elegant dance choreography to move away from you. (laughs) Uh, Very kindly, I'm not necessarily going to um, throw you out or be rude or if if it's someone I love, maybe I'll be a little bit more patient um, and wait and see. And then sometimes you got to snap at people with love. 
Well, you do. You yeah. do. And yeah. for the it's longest time, that's so back. true. You just have to ground them. Because yeah. sometimes you really need to let the people know if they matter to you, you have to have the courtesy, as you say. But sometimes, you know, the severity actually tell them, you know what, you're being an asshole right now. Just quit it. Like, really, you're not, you're like, you're not yourself. It's okay. And you genuinely exactly. need to quit it right now. Like, just, you need to, ha- this needs to happen, like, right where, now. This is where um, being able to say I'm sorry is really important. Um, oh, apologies. Really? Who yeah. does that? No, no, no. I mean, really? They don't? So I, growing up, I had some experience um, with adults that in my life, I didn't feel that they were ever ready to apologize. And as a young kid, it dawned on me that that was something that was really important because I felt it was really unfair that if I was somehow, if, if an apology was needed, it should be given, you know, and I've kind of stuck with that. I've kept that as an adult. You have to be able to say you're sorry uh, when you've done something wrong. That's why when somebody you love, it puts you in your place, even if it takes a minute, right? Because your ego is all up in flames. Like your ego's all mm-hmm. on hold. Even if it takes a second, you got to be able to come back and just apologize or say you're sorry and say, yeah, I know I was being a dick, you know, like, and move past that because those are the relationships like we're talking about your tribe you know that's how you Mm want to be walking it's never going to be perfect somebody's going to say the wrong things sometimes and i'm sorry helps things to work better when necessary it's such a powerful thing for you to say that because we come from a culture where our elders are the holy grail. You do That's not it. touch the elders and their ego and their authority and their powerful. knowledge and their experience. They are all powerful and just sit there. They say, like, you come over and say hi to 50,000 aunts. Yes. You don't want to, but you're <laughs> going to. You know what? You're going to wear this ugly shirt because I told you to and because I said so. Because I'm, And again, I did you wrong and I have absolutely no reason to apologize. And that is something, see, that is something that I did not want to transmit to my kids. When I lose it, because again, I have two young children, five and two. And <laughs> when I lose it, <laughs> I, gen- I lose it all the time. And sometimes I will realize that, you know what? I was out of line. And, and you, you know what? They totally forgot. I will apologize. I will go to them and I will kneel down. I'll get to their level. I'm like, baby, I'm really sorry. Like, daddy's really sorry. I was I had no reason to yell at you. Daddy's really tired. I had a long day at work. And it's not something and a lot of people tell you like you know why explain a kid that you had a long day at work yes a kid needs to let you know that daddy has bad days mommy has bad days and you need to give them that culture the fact that you know it's important to apologize not just force them but understand that it applies to everybody yeah yeah and i agree i I have apologized on a number of occasions as well Because it's not easy because you just have to stomp your ego sometimes, whether in your couple or even, again, it's some it's something really, even in uh, professional relationships, it's important to actually step up. Like, you know what? I messed up and yes. this did not go well. And this is my part. This is the part that I hold into this process. And I was wrong. And you know what? We'll try to do better. And I'm really sorry. You know what? You just need to do that. Can't just brush it off as like, you know what? This bad email that wasn't sent. It's important. Yeah. You know, I agree. It keep it real is probably a generally good rule to have. But definitely, because 
And this is something I get off all because again, I follow you a lot on on Instagram, and this is mm -hmm. something of pure happenstance because you know, again, Amy, you know, highlighted me to your to your. And again, I know it sounds really like you know dickish for me to say like somebody talking to me about BB is like who who's BB? I, yeah. I'm, I'm like, and then I feel really bad. <laughs> like, and then I realize because because BB is actually like you know a big deal, and I'm like, okay, I feel sheepish now. So like, I, no, I guess I should know who BB is. <laughs> but hey, I'm it's important to make connections. To start to get maybe no. like a tiny deal. I really don't think I'm quite a big deal yet. And that's the thing, because again, you bring out so much positivity and so much warmth and so much, you know, so much light in, you know, in a in an environment Thank that you. needs it, you know, because Agreed. it's not easy. It's not easy every day. Just waking up and, you know, just facing the day, you know, we were talking about my sister and, you know, when she was working in the terminal of hour and like, and I'm like, she's waking up at like 5 a.m. It's like, you know, yeah, I'm I'm up for like, you know, three hour traffic, like three hours. Wow! Every day, I'm like, yeah, every that's day. almost like an American commute. <laughs> every day, it's like every day, and you still you still have to face that every day, and not talking about the insecurity, not talking about the traffic, not talking about every single little laundry list of things that could probably weigh you down, but you still have to go through it. How do you go through it, man? To be quite honest, um, in my opinion, in Haiti, it's kind of like you have to have. Okay, L let me let me broaden it though. Then, um, I happen to be in Haiti. Uh, wherever I would be in the world, I think it's very important to cultivate your own peace, um, because you're going to run into chaos everywhere you go. Um, the the details may be different, you know, but okay. mm, you know, you might be in Guatemala and a volcano might explode. I mean, mm -hmm. but like. And I'm not saying that um, I'm not trying to minimize the the recurring chaos that Haiti can be for somebody who lives their life um, day to day here. But I think, like I said, you know, it's like you've got to be able to stay peaceful and live here or you're going to give yourself a heart attack. Um, you're going to give yourself post-traumatic stress. You know, I can tell mm -hmm. you that um, going through the last couple of days, it was traumatic. Um, I was stuck at my office. I, I actually went on the air. Like, I, I started to do my show, Brazil Lost. There was all this talk about, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. And I was like, uh, you know, we've heard that before. And sometimes nothing happens. So I, I really didn't take it for that much. Um, actually, I was kind of hoping it wouldn't be that much. And But mm -hmm. actually, it was just this really, really big deal. And it was barricades upon barricades. So... I left the radio early. Um, my husband works nearby and he said, you know what, crazy girl, like, can you just leave the radio and join me there? And I did. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we stayed there and then it got crazy while we were there. Other friends joined who got stranded and we were the closest place they could be come to. And we were basically a group of maybe six or eight people all waiting to see when would be a good time for us to escape. And one by one, people kind of left. By the time my husband mm -hmm. and I decided to leave, um, our son was home alone. My daughter mm -hmm. was at a cousin's house. So, okay, she's safe there. She'll have fun. Let's just let her stay there. She can mm -hmm. finally have that sleepover she's been asking for forever. <laughs> and But my baby boy was here. He had a nanny with him. And I said, man... You know, even though I trust this nanny for sure, but, you know, there's this crazy tension outside. You don't know what's going to happen and you just feel like you need to you be You don't there. know what's so going to happen. 
at 11, we decided, okay, let's kind of make a run for it. Um, I don't live uh, anymore. We're, from where we were, it was about 10 minutes away from my house. And uh-huh. in that 10-minute drive, we went through at least 15 barricades. Um, oh, boy. 11 of which were unmanned. People had already gone home. But four mm-hmm. of which were manned. Uh, the first one was a couple of young guys who were like, oh, whatever you got, you know, you can just give us a little something. We'll let you buy. That was fine. Second one, same way. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third one, there was just this group of men. The anger was on their faces, whether it was um, a, dramatiz- a dramatization, like they were just kind of mm-hmm. uh, putting in uh, the drama um, with the yelling and the pressure and the tension, you know, literally a guy picked up a rock and threw it at a gate next to our car. But wow. in my mind, just to intimidate us um, in terms of the amount of money that we should give. Um, and when I got home, of course, everybody who knew that I was moving was expecting to hear from me. And I really had to take 10 or 15 minutes just to center and to just remember that piece, you know, you really won't have control over everything uh, wherever you are. And Haiti just happens to be one of those uh, perhaps more volatile places. Um, mm-hmm. But I've been in more peaceful countries where crazier things have happened. So that's true. You know, like I, I was I was in New Orleans for Katrina. And let me tell you. That was traumatic. <laughs> like, oh, you were in New Orleans at the same when the levees broke. You were there. I was wow, there okay. when the levees broke. And you know what? The most annoying thing about Katrina was when I went back after Katrina. So I was stranded for about seven days, probably mm-hmm. three or four of which my parents had no idea whether I was alive or not. And when I finally moved back um, six months later, because I had already paid school, I, I, I went back to New Orleans to get my stuff. Um, and to finish that semester of school, um, there was this song. There's a lot of local TV uh, in mm-hmm. Louisiana. So mm-hmm. a, a lot of local channels doing a lot of community TV around, you know, the issue and trauma and how people felt. And there was this song and it was called When the Levee Breaks. It's because you said that, I, that yeah, I, I know when it. the levees broke. And I was like, oh, my God, this song just says everything. And at the end of it, they were like, yeah, uh, it was written in... 19 whatever when the last hurricane did this and i was like what <laughs> nobody said that <laughs> like nobody, nobody said told that me when i moved there that that's what i was i was moving into a bucket you know <laughs> yeah yeah basically there's nobody expected that to happen nobody it, it no. takes a real type of a perfect storm for that to happen and i know this well, song because you, uh, my aunt chaos. my aunt lived down south for the longest time for she was, she was basically out of lafayette now she moves she's in florida now so i was uh, i used to go to, to new orleans and lafayette baton rouge all those places a, lo- a yes. lot of time so but you know just saying that i'm like yeah man you were in the katrina wow okay yeah i was in the superdome I was like, I had the full Katrina experience. Wow. It was hilarious. Okay. But just to say that, you know, life-changing experiences um, that are meant for you, in my opinion, you know, in my philosophy mm-hmm. of life, they're going to happen to you um, wherever you happen to be. Everybody's got their Katrina. Everybody's got their own January 12th. Um, you know, the details may be different, but a lot of the feelings will be the same. It's all about how you bounce back, I guess. 
Yeah. Has to be a choice. It has to be a choice. You can't, you don't know how circumstances, because I definitely believe that circumstances shape you into the individual that you are. And it's all about how, and again, you can put the same, the two people in the same circumstance and they're both going to react the same way because we are human beings and that's totally unpredictable. That's the beauty of, you know, the colorful aspect of being human. But at the same time, at the very least, I do believe that you have some form of consciousness that has to be applied in terms of how do you choose to actually react to this? Are you going to go home and cry? Or are you just going to say like, you know what? Sorry, this happened. You know what? Next chapter, moving on, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes you're going to choose and sometimes you're going to wallow a little bit. You know, time is not, um, time definitely heals everything. It's not a question of making a decision in a split second. Sometimes you got to think about it for a while. (laughs) (laughs) But you're talking about the radio. I'm happy you brought up being on the radio. So again, so you're the face of afternoon radio in Port-au-Prince, you know, Radio 1, Bibi Natal Kole. How did that happen, man? Uh, let's see. Um, it was really purely by accident. It's not. There are no accidents. Well, yeah, you could put it that way. Well, I say accident because it really wasn't something that I did intentionally that I said, oh, I want to do radio. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I featured on Kyle's show a couple of times. Mm -hmm. We did, um, a little rubric that we called Vododilo Bay. I was in between jobs. Um, I had met Kyle that summer. And he said, why don't you come? You know, we'll hang out. We'll chat. We'll laugh. We'll crack jokes. And I said, oh, that sounds exactly like me. And so we did that. And we had a really good time. I think um, the audience really enjoyed. Kyle was already very well established in his morning show. It wasn't yet Shokarella. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. the audience responded to um, maybe a female voice um, that wasn't necessarily uh, the one that they were used to. And mm-hmm. so for a while, those guys were like, oh, you know, the owner of the radio and um, Kyle, they kind of encouraged me to do it. And I was like, no way, guys, I would never um, do this. Like, I'm really a private person. I'm not I'm not interested in living a public life. My privacy is really important to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were like, okay, well, for two years, every time we met, uh, we kind of talked. Two about years, it. wow, okay. Yeah, it, it, it took that long. And then I, I had kids in the meantime. I had one kid. Um, I moved to another job. I changed to a third one. And then at that point, I said, well, let, let, let's try something new. You know, like, let, let's, let's kind of do something completely out of the box. And I tried radio. And... Radio was not easy, man. Like the first year <laughs> of radio, it was just bizarre. Like imagine sitting in a room by yourself, right? You're on the ra- you're on the air, you play music, you've got to crack jokes, you've got to laugh at your own jokes, because um, no- there's nobody else in the room, right? But there's nobody else interacting with a kind of virtual audience, if you will, that's supposed to be listening. Mm-hmm. So. When you crack a joke, you got to laugh and hope that whoever's listening is laughing on the other side. But you have no idea <laughs> if they're actually laughing. But laughter is infectious. You know, if it's genuine, people yes. are going to respond. Yes. But what I'm saying is that just imagine that experience of kind of being alone. Oh, it's like sure. if you doing this podcast in your room by yourself to a supposed audience. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Right? I do that. Like, oh, I do that. To, having to make a joke and then laugh. And being self-conscious yeah. for a second, kind of like, 
Did I'm laughing at my like, own joke. You can't, exactly. You don't even know. But so, yeah, it was, it was accidental in that sense. Um, but I think quickly it has um, taken a place in my life, um, an important place. Um, and it's bringing joy to people. That, that, that's the favorite. That's my favorite part about it. Um, it's bringing something positive to afternoon radio that people were not getting elsewhere. Um, I, I'm that's saying true. it not because that's how I'm defining it. It's based on uh, feedback that people have given to me. Because it's definitely true. Because it's uh, and this is from my own experience. I've been like you know been tuning in like you know over the past uh, couple like you know the past month, month and a half or so. Because that's why you know I tweeted you like, okay, where can I get your show? Because you know this is this, this is this is really cool, and I I don't want to miss out. And so, thank you for replying, by the way. Sure, and uh, but uh, definitely, it's definitely something. And again, just you know, just remembering what afternoon radio used to be for me, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's like fun, warm-hearted jokes new tracks yes. and just like it just feels like you know hanging out with your buddies you know after like you know, get yes. out of school get out of work and just like, hang out with your buddies because you have a very wide array of guests and yes. it's all about how you carry that in terms of both your personality you know both uh you know just you know your welcoming aspect because it feels like you know just coming home and just chilling you know it's just feel, you. it feels honestly, really loungy my actual buddies, that's exactly what they say. Like people who are actually friends with me and who catch the show um, every now and again, they say, dude, it's like we're hanging out, but we can't really talk to you. But it's the same um, vibe. And that's what I want. You know, that's what I want it to be. I, I think if anything, that's just a blessing from not really being a journalist and not um, being somebody who was trained for this uh, in any way. Um, I am a storyteller. I studied writing. Um, so oh, wow, natural, really? I really did. Although I've written no books yet, but there's at least one <laughs> book in me. God damn it. <laughs> I enjoy the fact that you said yet. I enjoy the fact yeah. that you said yet. Open, yeah. open the, the, the room for, for visualization. Make it happen. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, for sure. For my thesis, I wrote probably a third of a book. You know, and probably because I was being slightly lazy, to be honest, because I could have written a whole book. But, yeah, it's got to be at least one good book in me. I believe everybody has their, has a book that's laying there somewhere. Because, you know, because we're all um, a carnival of thoughts that just need to be centered enough into a proper, concise you know, exercise of thought, you know, and words need to be put together. But it's not for everybody. You know, in the same way, not everybody's an Olympic swimmer. Exactly. Writing is not for everybody. Either you say. do or you don't, you know? <laughs> not everybody's an Olympic swimmer, you know? And, you know, and this, this is the thing. You talked about the fact that, you know, you're bringing people joy, you know, you're changing their afternoon routine. What did you learn from radio? Like, you talked about the first year being a hurdle, you know? What, what was it like, you know? Can, do, can you think back about your first day and what, what it was like? You know, the first broadcast or like, My okay, you're on. My first day was a mess. Um, I, so? I remember exactly who I had. I was pure nervous. Like I was a pure ball of nerves. My first day was, um, I had acoustic. Acoustic is like, um, I would say up and coming, but not anymore. Like they're well-established, um, local band, not a compa band. They really got their own vibe. I, I couldn't tell you exactly. It's like, there's some soul in there. So there's some funk in there. There's some lasting in there. There's some rock in there. Mm -hmm. um, and they were kind of starting out 
you know, at that time. And so was I. So we were, we were friends. We connected because I, I love live music um, and fell in love with their style um, of music very quickly. Um, at the time, they did a lot of covers. Um, mm -hmm. And I just, I just fell in love with their sound. So I said, you guys have to be my first guest. Like, I can't think of anyone else. That was such a messy day in my mind. I was so nervous. You have to keep in mind that there's this kind of, um, there's also like the board that I have to run, which I've never done. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, it's not like produced by some big producer uh, who has a technical assistant who tells you, who either runs the board for you as you just flow no, mm -hmm. they showed me how to run the board five minutes before the show. And then I was supposed to run the board. And it was just a mess. Uh, I would forget which button I need to put to uh, raise this volume when so-and-so needed to speak so I could open their mic. Honestly, it was a mess. Um, what I've learned from radio, I've learned a lot of things. First of all, I, I've learned that I'm a lot braver than I knew. Um, I knew that I was a public speaker, you know, and when you're at the radio, it doesn't feel like public speaking a little bit because you're in a room by yourself, but mm -hmm. it is, you know, when you become aware of kind of like people listening and people coming to you and telling you about it, you realize that you're reaching a whole lot of people. Yeah. So Obviously. you don't have to dress no, not up Not just online it. or the entire country. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You know, you don't have to dress up for it, but you're reaching a lot of people. So it it kind of helped me become a better public speaker, you know, um, and knowing I, I knew I could do that, but it made me realize that I can do it even more than I thought. Um, and I hope to expand on that in future um, professional endeavors. You know, in, it's a skill that I've come to learn that I have. Um, what did I learn? I learned that laughter is key. You know, I, I in, in, ah, Creole, in Creole, we say, um, I say that, which is like, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, well, how, what do you say in, in English? I can't even remember. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a machine gun. It's, a mach it's, it's an automatic rifle. Laughter, right? It's a machine gun laughter. That's how I call it. It's like, ta, 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 ta. Like, it just goes boom. And I can't control it. My aunt used to tell me I had the ugliest laugh in the world. And man, she had the ugliest laugh in the world. <laughs> so the best part, the reason I say laughter is key because it just comes through naturally for me. Like laughter is part of how I interact with people. I enjoy laughing. I get that from my dad. And when, when the, the thing that people most comment about the show is that it's the laughter the lightness, you know, like it's, it's light. It's people, people feel like ah, they can take a breath while they're in traffic, you know? So for sure, that's something else that I learned that I guess I knew, I just didn't realize how powerful it doesn't it feel. Yeah. For me, the way I speak to it, and this is just my personal experience, it mm -hmm. doesn't feel um, too square. It doesn't feel too formal. It doesn't feel too rehearsed because, you know, you're listening to the radio. And this is my own personal experience mm -hmm. is because the fact that, you know, you have a guest on, uh, no matter whether you have a therapist on or you have a new artist on or you just have, you know, just a photographer on, it just feels like a normal, chill, loungy, you know, friendly atmosphere. Whether you have the person on for 40 minutes or 10 minutes, it's it's a lot of you know just genuine people feel like they just feel welcome 
this is a safe space and they just feel like, you know, it's okay for them to be themselves. And I believe that speaks a lot from you and the personality that you have that disarms them in terms of, you know, disarming in a way of positive um, reinforcement in terms of like, you know what, it's okay for you to be you, you know what, if this goes messy, it's messy. And you know what? And I'm very happy that you weren't that. And the the thing is I'm taking back from your, your first day being a mess is the fact that you didn't choke. You didn't no. not did want choke, to do the broadcast. You didn't. Going. <laughs> you, know, you kept going. You did it regardless, and you didn't look at that as a quote unquote failure, but a learning experience. You know, I choked and I and choked, that's and I definitely. Choked and I choked and I choked. <laughs> I promise, uh, but yeah, I did know that beyond whatever people's first impression was. I was battling a lot of different um, difficulties. I'm more anglophone in a creolophone country. In, mm-hmm. in my work, I speak English, and I would have mm-hmm. to check out at work at four, and then jump into Creole at four thirty. And really, when you're thought when you're not used to having these full intellectual conversations in Creole, it becomes tricky. Mm-hmm. Till this day, you know, sometimes I I just switch to English. I'm like, no, wait, let me say that in English first, and then I'm gonna try. That way, at least people who speak English will know that I wasn't. I didn't mean to sound dumb. You know, so there were a lot of different things and different reasons why I was maybe not being my best um, radio self just yet. But I knew that if I stuck it out, it would grow and I would get used to it. And um, I think I'm good at language and whatever language I'm speaking, if I practice it enough, I'm going to find a way to express myself. And to to talk a little bit about what you were saying about disarming people, I think that that's something I've come to appreciate about myself as well. Um, it's inspiring me to take my professional life in different directions. I think I do um, have a talent for people, and I love that. Like it, it I thrive mm-hmm. off of it as well. It brings me joy. It enriches my experience. Um, not only to be able it, to connect the way that you're doing right now. Um, I live for it. You know, when you were saying it in the beginning, you were talking a little bit fast and I didn't really get to say that, but I wanted to say that. I, I live for this type of thing as well. Um, our conversation may be a little more choppy. We didn't really try to structure it, but just the fact of being able to connect with someone that you don't know and to sit together kind of like at ground level and just say, you know, so what are your imperfections? You know, um, yeah. what do you do? What's great about you at the same time? Definitely. You know, like, Definitely. Like it's an exchange of likeness. And it's a, it, we're just like-minded perfect. people. Exactly. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's That's perfect. True. And you know what? I hear you talk about your first day. And you know what makes me feel all giddy? It just harkens back to, um, because a uh, really quick story. When I was in high school uh, and during the summer vacation, uh, my mother was very good friends uh, with the owner of Radio Galaxy. And uh, basically, because I was just off a very, very big theater show. Um, I was at uh, Teat in Set uh, Lima, and it was the show was really good. And the owner came to my mom is like, you know what? He'd be really good because we got a slot, you know, eight to ten that we do nothing with. So like, you know, how about we give him like, you know, the eight to ten slot? It's like, yeah, he's like he's 14. You want to give him his own show. It's like, he's 14. And my mother comes to me like, yeah, you're going to go to, to like, you know, like with Emilac, you're going to go to the Galaxy and you're going to just going to go on a show. It's like, 
I'm like, are you are you serious right now? But yeah. you know what? I did it for three summers straight. I did for three Amazing. summers. I had my own show. And I'm thinking about this now. I'm 36. And I'm like, for three summers straight, from 8 to 10. And what happens is that in the summer as well, one of the top DJs back in the day, he was on vacation for like a month. So they needed yeah. somebody to fill his slot. So I was yeah. working two shifts for like three summers straight. And I had the entire radio station to myself. You talk about and working the board. And look at you now, right? That's exactly. This it. is an extension of this because I learned again, like you know, mm -hmm. it's training. And I'm just thinking about that. I was like, oh, okay, just check. You know, and it's it just it makes me feel giddy because I hear you, and I'm just like, yeah, you know what? You gotta you gotta fall flat on your face. You have to have these experiences yes. of not not shame, yes. but difficulty and struggle, and understand that you know Out this of is part zone. of life. Yeah, you need yes. to make it happen. You know, yeah, the, there's but, a very Instagrammed quote, you know, that says nothing great happens in your comfort zone. And really, you know, as cheesy and simple uh, of an Instagram quote as it is, it is really on point. Uh, you kind of have to step out. That doesn't mean you're not going to be naturally great at something that will be effortless. You oh, know? for sure. Uh, but some of the things that you that you will be the best at that will bring you the most, that will enrich uh, your experience on earth will come from a place of discomfort or hardship um, that you rise out of, you know, that's for sure. So you got to live a little. You have to, you have to, because it's definitely going to be something that's going to reward you rather than punish you. Because you have to be willing to take that risk. You have to be willing to take that leap. You have to be willing to take that step. Because first and foremost, there's nothing worse than actually going into the tomorrow and actually asking yourself, maybe I should have. Should I have? Should I have? Yeah. You never know. You can only do by doing. You can only do by doing. By doing. Because yeah. eventually, if, like you don't, if you don't take that step, you know, I say that all the time. It sounds, you know, because again, so I'm all about, you know, just listen, live your life the, on your own terms. You're all about writing your own path. I'm all about that as well. I really believe that you can only do by doing. And wait, listen, I want to go to the gym, but I'm too tired. Everything. Listen, go to the gym. It probably is going to suck. But, you know, at least you went to the gym. You know, I need to read the story to my kids. It's going to suck. I'm tired. But you know what? Might as well do it. Just shut up. You know, just quit the complaining. Stop the energy into the complaining and invest the energy into the doing, you know? And I believe that you can get a lot more reward from the doing rather than the complaining, you know? Sure. And it's and definitely something you need to invest I mean, time in. So. In all complaining aside, the only thing I want to add is that, you know, sometimes you have to listen to yourself as well and know, you know, when not to do something. And that's okay. <laughs> and and I, I, really, I really don't mean to just kind of like um, downplay what you just said. Because actually in my life, I've had to learn about doing. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think I was passive um, for a good part of my life because I was afraid. Really? But then when you start doing, doing, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think when you start doing, 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 sometimes you have to stop and do nothing. <laughs> and that's a good thing too. Uh, that's mm -hmm. part of awakening the awesome. You've got to um, keep your essence intact. You know, you, you got to feel good. Uh, to me, that's important. That's you got to walk away. Um, a, f a couple of friends, uh, we're going to the beach this weekend um, mm -hmm. for a friend's daughter's birthday. And we're taking mm -hmm. all our kids and it's like this caravan 
of children. And we know we're going to love it. And we know it's going to be like painful at the same time and crazy and chaotic. But we know the kids are going to have a blast. And then it's my cousin's birthday in a few months. And she's like, you know, I really want to do this again when it's, when it's my birthday. But maybe without the kids. You know, and yeah, sometimes you got to like, you know, find a place to put the kids so you can do something. Um, you don't have that to be so a superhero all the time. You know, that is so true. It's my point. It's my point. It's true. You can't, you can't have, you know, one set definite formula. You really need to embrace what works for you at that particular yes. moment because there's no such thing as, you know, just one-stop shop formula, you know. My wife and I are all about, you know, doing stuff with the kids because that's our little cell right now. But definitely mm-hmm. sometimes, like, you know, we're so lucky that, you know, my mother-in-law is like, like you know, 10, 15 minutes away. It's like, can exactly. you take for like an hour? We're just exactly. going to go to McDonald's, just have an ice cream, exactly. and we'll be right back. You That's know, sometimes important. you really need to invest in yourself. Definitely. You know, it's definitely something that people take, I believe, and I believe you touched on that as well in terms of, um, you know, it has to come from within, and it has to be something that you invest in yourself because you can't give what you don't have. And first yeah. and foremost, your personal energy, your personal positivity has to come from within. And that's something I get from you. It's not fake. It's not promotional. It's definitely something you so that you believe in, that you embody. And that's something that you share and that you want to give out. You know? Yeah. And I'd like you to touch and on that, really, how to tell people that, sure. you know what? It's from you. It's not something that you're going to read. It's not something that you're going to see a nice poster. But it has to come from within. From within. So, you know, the, the best thing I can say, and it's a little bit about cultivating your own peace, right? For me, different people may see their experience differently on this mm-hmm. earth. Um, some people see it in a very um, 2D, the physicality of things. Um, mm-hmm. And I do too, you know, here I am, I'm looking at my TV right now. I have um, a mess on my, um, <laughs> on my uh, desk as, I'm, as I speak. So clearly, <laughs> you know, there's a physicality to it. Um, I think much of my experience though, I've really been focused on my experience as a spiritual journey. Um, mm-hmm. I think even before I knew what to call it, I was doing it. Um, I questioned a lot of things very young. Um, I didn't necessarily like the answers that I got, so I just kept on looking. Um, and that's that's kind of where it comes from. It's just this long journey in self-exploration. Um, there's been a lot of um, torture as well, self-torture, but also kind of mm-hmm. rising out of that and becoming more and not even becoming more just becoming more who you are uh and learning what that is so that's it it it, you know it may sound cheesy there's a lot of people who who spend a lot of time at church um or who spend a lot of time in conventional um traditional rites of religion i've just kind of spent my life um doing that in my head but kind of on a long-term basis you know i'm really looking at what's happening to me why is this happening Um, what what am what can i learn from this what what did i miss last time and some lessons take like 10 or 15 years don't don't make it i'm not trying to make it seem like you know oh i just sat down and thought about it and 
everything was great. No, some of those lessons um, took a really long time to go through. It, but I was always looking at them that way, mm-hmm. uh, that somehow I was connected to something greater and uh, to some kind of lesson I'm supposed to be learning. So I've been paying attention. That's the best I can say. Mindfulness. So you're really in tune with the fact that, you know what, you need to be aware of the fact that you have an impact on yourself first. And, you know, you need to take action on that. Uh, Is there a danger to overthinking? Oh, for sure. (laughs) That's where the doing is good. You know, for sure, there's a ton um, of danger in overthinking. I've overthought way too many things. And it becomes about creating a balance, you know, um, about looking at things for what they are. Um, and it's experience. It's, it's wisdom, you know, that comes with experience. At 38, you're not the same person you were at 12. You've learned a whole lot of things and met um, a whole lot of people. I don't know. There, for me, it's, it, it's a spiritual journey of my experience as a human being on Earth. That, that's kind of what keeps me grounded um, and is the essence of kind of what I share. Wow. So powerful. I just felt a wave of just like awesomeness just like just flow through me right now. <laughs> We're Man. awakening the awesomeness <laughs> as we speak. Awakened. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe it's been a treat. I know because I know it's getting late, so I don't want to keep you up too late. But uh, again, first of all, I just want to say thank you, first of all, for your time and availability because I'm very respectful sure, of my guest's time. And it's definitely been a treat uh, to have you on. And again, as always, I like to tell everybody, but this is not a shtick, any open invitation. Every time we can get the calendars together, you're always welcome. But, you know, for first, because uh, we got you and I have never formally met, but uh, no, this is definitely a great experience. Really. <laughs> this is definitely a terrific experience in terms of, uh, you know, having a person of genuine, genuine, you know, warmth and kindness and definitely a Thank true, so a truly powerful message of like, you know, just love and just like kindness. And, and especially, you know, in, in the message you said, not just through your show, but all through your feeds and just a genuine kind of warmth and positivity. They're just really nice and just needs to be acknowledged. So f- first of all, I want to thank you for that definitely but uh, aside so from that and again i'd like to sign it off and just leave you the floor to any guests a, f- a kind thought a gesture uh something people can do tomorrow morning or a quote anything that you want to leave the listeners with floor is yours um i think this is something we chatted a little bit about um at the, uh, on the podcast but i think um in order to be kind to others one of the first people you need to be kind with is yourself Uh, and accept your imperfections and be brave enough to grow a little bit. But yeah, I think self-compassion in a world of so many definitions and stereotypes and things that we're supposed to be, things that we're supposed to represent, um, ways that we're supposed to interact with others I think it's really important to remember to be kind to yourself. Only you know your story uh, better than anyone, and only you can understand it um, in your shoes. Somebody can check in. Somebody can um, spend some time with you and have something to offer, have something to share. But only you will know your story um, the way it has unfolded. And in order for you to share it and to impact others positively, you got to start by being kind to yourself. 
So that's been a big lesson for me. And it took me um, a really long time. Being kind to yourself is not always, in, you know, eating chocolate cake, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right. In my case, I would be Putin. You know, ah, really? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm, a, I'm an unapologetic Putin aficionado addict. Call it whatever you want. Yeah, I will probably I, I die with Putin... my face in a bacon Putin. Yeah. <laughs> I think poutine is one of those things. It's kind of either you love it or not so much. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I, I've got shameless amounts of poutine I've digested over the years, and I'm just not ready to stop right now. But I, I see totally your point. Agree. I totally agree. <laughs> but so, yeah, you know, I think uh, be kind to yourself in, is a good place to start. You know, where are you being rough on yourself? And how can you um, learn to give yourself a little pat on the back, um, and celebrate small victories so that you can pay it forward easily. Crazy. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Thank really you, good. Olivier. Was really it was awesome. No, I, I really appreciate it. Man. It was appreciated so much, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your wisdom and insight. And thank you so much for your generosity, man. Because again, it's something that you know you share and something that people are totally benefiting with on the radio waves and elsewhere. You bring out a lot of positive energy. I wish you nothing but love, success, Same happiness. Stay safe. You know, yes. and again, don't worry. Like, you know, as soon as those episodes start, like, you know, they're like, you know, you start archiving them, you know, work on that. Okay. The live streaming works. And, but definitely I'll link up all the radio links and everything so people can catch your awesomeness, you know, Thank uh, you. but what's the regular schedule? Remind me again. It's uh, uh, what? Sure. Monday, it's, Thursday, it's Friday, Monday, it's Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, there's Friday. something else on okay. Tuesdays, but it's four times okay. a week. Uh, we mm -hmm. just added Thursdays. Um, and people can follow me at Bibinazalkule. I don't know if they could spell that. So On the Twitter is uh, as well. I'll definitely link that in. Don't worry you about know, it. Um, and yeah, that's it. Check in. I'm looking forward to having more folks tune in from abroad. Thank you, Saints. Right. Yes, and the awesome podcast. Thanks Check out all the links. Too. And once this episode goes live, it's been a pleasure. And please, again, guys, you guys have a great evening and stay awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye.